If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Once again, and welcome to another edition of Vacation Rental Success. This is a solo edition. This is a solo episode, just me today, sitting here in snowless Ontario. For anyone who's listened to me for the last couple of years, you'll know that uh, I do talk a lot about the weather, but quite honestly, there's nothing to talk about this week. It's dull, it's cloudy, and it's 10 days before Christmas. And there is no snow, which is quite, um, it's quite amazing, really. I mean, I, I don't re- recall a winter here where we haven't had some snow, at least, at least in some parts of southern Ontario for Christmas. And it really looks as though we could be heading in for a green Christmas this year. So, which is, do you know, it's absolutely fine. I have, it, it would, it's pretty to have the snow. But it's lovely not to have the shoveling and not to have all the attendant uh, negatives that go along with uh, with our usual winters. I'm sure it's going to hit us later in in the season. Once we get into January, February, we're going to uh, we will totally forget that we had green for so long in December. You know, I'll probably enjoy it when it does come. What I did enjoy was a week in uh, the Bahamas. A couple of weeks ago, that was absolutely delightful. Uh, Went to talk to the contractor who's going to be hopefully building our property and to talk to the architect to, uh, to start getting some plans in place. I mean, we're in no hurry to do this. It's, it's going to take a while. I want to make sure we get it exactly right. We've also been hit by just a such a poor exchange rate on the Canadian dollar against the American dollar, and of course everything we buy in the Bahamas is in uh, is is at the American dollar rate. So that's something we have to look at. We're going to have to look at, or balance out. You know, should we wait several years, which I think it's going to take a few years before the exchange rates begin to uh, get a little bit healthier and we get a little bit more for our Canadian dollar again, should we hang about and wait for that to happen? Or do we bite the bullet now and pay what seems to be, well, what is, you know, 30 to 35% extra, but then we will have a property that we can put onto the rental market and, and start getting income from. You know, that's just something um, we're, we're working out. Um, look, look at all the financial ramifications of different different options. And we'll let you know as, as that goes on. So what am I going to talk about today? Because you obviously want to know, shall I stay listening to this or shall I not? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a rant on two fronts today. First, Firstly, I, I want to talk about being a guest because, you know, I've just come back from being a guest. I'm just paying a final balance on a another trip out to the Bahamas in the February. And 
we got some great news uh, a month or two back that my eldest son, Richard, will be getting married in September of 2016. And he's marrying a delightful German girl called Marika. And they will be getting married in Germany. And so we finally got the date, uh, which is the, the Saturday of the Labor Day next year. And, uh, and the location which is in Ostfriesland, which if, I mean, I hadn't got a clue. I mean, I've spent the first 40 or 50 years of my life in the UK and traveling across to Europe regularly and had never heard of Ostfriesland, which is in the north um, northwest of, of Germany. It's uh, sort of abuts. We've got um, Holland on, on if, if you're looking at the map, you've got Holland on the left and then Denmark on the right across the water. So that's about where it is. It's very rural. And that's where the difficulty is lying in finding a vacation rental that's going to take the uh, the six of us, that's myself and my husband, Phil, and Mike and Andrea and, and the two granddaughters. So my little rant is going to cover booking.com, which is where I found a property. I'm also going to talk about how you pay for a vacation rental and what that means to your travelers, to the people who are actually booking, because that is, that, that's caused me some angst over the last, or the last year or so in, in terms of different places we've stayed at and different methods of booking and paying for the vacation. So I want to talk about that. And that it's a little bit of a no, I, I never get angry. I'm not an angry person, but I do get irritated. And yes, I've been irritated with some of these things. And then the second thing I want to talk about is, and this may be something that you've never really considered, but I want to talk about online courses. One of the reasons is, is that Mike and I, are, over the last year, have been putting together uh, a new package, which is going to be revealed over the next couple of weeks. And I'm not going to talk about a great deal about that at the moment. But I, it, it, it sort of got me, while we've been putting together uh, a series of courses, I've done a massive amount of research into what other people are doing and what's out there. And, and to tell you the truth, there's very little out there in, in the vacation rental marketing uh, sphere where you can find a quality course. I read a, a great blog post just recently that I'm going to share with you in a bit um, about, about online courses in general and why we have to be really careful now about what we're, what we're buying, what we're, what we're spending our money on. So that's going to be the second of this episode. And then finally, I'm just going to talk a little bit about Blab because Mike and I did a Blab a while back and we had some friends on it. We had Ty and Marsink talking about a little bit about photography and my friend Julia uh, Branch Hill, uh, who has a wonderful property on the Space Coast in Florida called Paradise Found. And we had such a great time on that blab. And there were so many people that actually came along and asked questions and, and joined us that we are finally getting our act together and going to start doing them very, very regularly. We're going to be starting weekly blabs in the new year. Can't wait for that. And we're probably going to kick off uh, next week, we hope, with our first, just just to give it another tryout. So I'll give you some more details on that a bit later. So let's just go back to being a guest. And I wonder how many 
how many owners of properties have actually been guests and not just been guests, but actually gone through the whole process of booking and paying for their vacation rental accommodation. Because I have to say, it's, it can be one of the most frustrating experiences you can have. Well, perhaps not. There's lots of other frustrating experiences you can have. But this, this sort of ranks up there for me. I guess because I know it can be so much easier. If, if we really think about it and if we bite the bullet and go for some way of taking a credit card payment, then it's so much easier, people. It really is. Last year, we we went to the Bahamas and we chose a vacation rental on HomeAway. And when it came around to paying, the owners wanted a wire transfer. Now, that struck me as entirely ridiculous because we, we tell people all the time, don't send money by wire. That is, that is one of the hallmarks of, of a vacation rental scam. I just can't understand why anybody continues to ask for a wire transfer when there's so many other methods of payment out there. But we did verify that this property was, you know, was what it said it was, and we, we ended up sending the wire transfer. Now, not only did we have to drive 30 kilometers, which is where our bank is, we, because we're not in a town, we're, we're way out. So it was a drive into town to actually do the wire transfer transaction because the bank would not do it over the phone. So that was a trip into town, which we, you know, we, we probably do once a week anyway, but we made a special trip for that. And then we were charged an additional $56 for the privilege uh, plus, there was another fee too. I think it worked out altogether. It cost us an additional $80 to do this. And we, we sort of expected that, that maybe the owners would bear some of this cost because they, they were asking for it. We were just going along with their method of payment. And there was, there was nothing at the outset that said, it's going to cost you to do this. So on top of my rental fee, I now have to pay an additional $80 for the privilege of sending the money to you. However, we had we had some back back and forth with the owners and we were sort of under the impression that that they were going to share this cost until they sent our deposit back and it was our deposit was less that uh, that money. Now, I just don't write negative reviews. Um, unless there's something particularly awful that other people need to know about. But something like this, you know, I would write directly to the owner. I've stayed at countless vacation rental properties and written the most glowing reviews 90% of the time. This one, apart from the fact that it was a pretty mediocre property anyway, uh, I was certainly not going to write a review. It, um, it, I was just so annoyed that we had to pay this extra. So am I going on about this? Yes, probably. So that's wire transfer. Don't do it, please. I mean, we offered to pay in in other ways. We offered to send a, I mean, the, the owners were, were British, so we offered to send a sterling check from our British bank account. No, that wasn't. We offered to, to do it by PayPal. No, they wouldn't do that either. Um, just crazy. But anyway, we won't be going back there and, you know, I won't be recommending it to anybody else. So this, um, this, the current property that we've just come back from, we're going to again in February, that was easy, easy PayPal transaction. Not a problem uh, at all. And others where we have booked through HomeAway, um, we've done the book online process and uh, 
And that, that's gone pretty smoothly as well. But this latest one in Germany, this one really, I don't actually know if we've even booked the property because we found it on um, villas.com and, and it was on booking.com as well. We couldn't find anything we wanted on HomeAway, on Airbnb or any um, English language site. And I don't speak German, although I am sure that my son uh, would be very helpful in translating for us. I wanted to get this done fairly quickly. So we found a property. Well, we think we found a property on villas.com and it looks absolutely great. It's, it, it does look very, very nice. But the problem with villas.com is that, and the same with booking.com, they seem to be more attuned to hotel style bookings. So they call everything units. This particular place, it looks like a little complex that has a three bed, it has apartments because it calls them all apartments. All the pictures, there's lots and lots of photographs, which is great and they look good. But there's no indication of, of what photos go with what apartment. So we don't really know what we want, what we've got. And then it, there's a little note on the site that says, we don't require your credit card. And I thought, well, that's fine. So went ahead and reserved. And I got a note back from villas.com to say that that was reserved. But still nothing about payment. Until yesterday when I got a, um, a message in German, obviously from the owner, and I popped it into Google Translate, which is very, very helpful. If you haven't come across it, just Google, Google Translate, and that will uh, that will give you a pretty basic idea of of what the translation is. It's it's not it's not perfect, but it it gives you the gist. And I get from from this uh, email that they want a hundred euro deposit and the, the final balance is payable by cash on arrival and I'm not making any comment on that it's it's whatever owners want to do and when I talked to my son and my future daughter-in-law about it and they said well it's it's a part of Germany where I think it's a little bit like Ontario we're a little bit in the a little bit behind the drag curve on on some technology and they were really surprised that this this place had a website as well so yes yeah, so we have to pay the hundred dollars a hundred euros but we have to pay it by bank transfer and we can't figure out how to do that. So we're going to send the money to my son via PayPal and he's going to sort it out from his end. This is great. I mean, we're going to a wedding. That's the reason. And we have family in Germany. So they are able to do this for us. But if we were just considering a vacation in Ostfriesland, we've just hit the first major hurdle that we haven't got a clue how to make a payment. So I, I guess that's a bit of a long-winded ramble that says, please make your payment simple. Make your payment process simple for your travellers or they will move on and look for something else because I very nearly did that. And and if I hadn't got Richard able to sort out the payment terms on this, then then I would have just gone, gone and got something else. It was it's just too much trouble. Definitely, I will never book anything that's where, where a wire transfer is requested. Uh, that's just too costly. So I'll be looking at um, you know, different options for payments uh, over the next couple of months. I, I want to, to really research what there is out there for owners, particularly as we're moving. So there is this movement to listing site independence. So we're not going to be 
perhaps you're not thinking of relying on the likes of HomeAway and TripAdvisor to take your payment for you. That was that. That was that rant. Um, I would love to hear how you accept payments and and if you've got some, you know, if maybe maybe you do want wire transfers, and I'd really like to hear from you if that's the case and how you can justify it. Yeah, it's only eight months now. I, I love a good wedding. My uh, my eldest son is 40 next week, so it's about time, as far as I'm concerned, that he got himself settled down, found, but he has found the love of his life. And it's going to be a fantastic trip across to Germany, and we're going to spend some time in the UK too. So that's the next task, is looking for a quite a large property, somewhere central to all our family in the UK, and then we get to invite them to come stay with us and uh, and we don't have to do all the moving around so i love being in the vacation rental business because i have this option to uh, to do this it's uh, it's such fun and i shall enjoy that search and of course bring to you all the experiences i have doing that so moving on moving on uh, as i said mike and i are really working on creating something so it's a massive resource that we're going to be talking a bit more about over the next couple of weeks, next two episodes, in fact. It's a resource that really collates everything that that I've learned in 20 years or 25 years of being in the vacation rental business and what Mike brings as well from, from his um, 12 years in the business. Because you may not know, Mike started out as a property manager. When I first came out to Canada and started buying properties, um, I was still living in UK and Mike was 21 at the time and he'd just left the army. So he'd he'd done three or four years. He was looking for something different to do. So he emigrated along with us, except he came a year early. So he emigrated out to, to Canada and he started looking after our properties. That began for him um, his property management company. And at one point he, you know, he had about, 15, maybe 20 properties that he was looking after in terms of doing changeovers, managing managing cleaning teams, doing maintenance, just about everything you could think of that, uh, that would help owners manage their properties. He did that for a few years and then he moved on to becoming a firefighter. I, th- I think what it was is that he met his wife, Andrea. They were living up in really rural Ontario and and they were sort of 20, 21, 22 at the time and needing a little bit more life. So they both joined the uh, local volunteer fire department and both got so interested and passionate about what they were doing with the emergency services that Mike went on to become a firefighter and Andrea went on to become a paramedic. And then they moved back into a little bit closer to Toronto and Mike closed down his property management business. And then a few years later, they bought their first vacation rental property uh, called Seabreeze, which, which has been incredibly successful. And you've probably heard us, us talk about that. Mike and I have massive experience. And, and if you've been following Cottage Blogger for any length of time, you'll know that I've published over the years a mass of articles videos, um, and of course the podcast more recently. But with all that information, it, you know, it, it's really difficult to get back in there and, and 
and find something you specifically want. So what uh, what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks is what we're going to be launching at the, the first week of January. But it got me thinking about the whole issue of online courses, uh, particularly because I buy a lot of. I've I've always been interested in in learning. If something's out there that I'm interested in, I usually want to learn more about it, and not just by picking up on the occasional blog post or podcast. I want to have a step by step learning approach. And over the years, I've been able to learn things like ScreenFlow which is a program we use to to do videos and screenshots. I learned how to use um, Photoshop. I've done courses on Facebook and Instagram. And and over time, have probably spent many thousands of dollars on different courses. And I would say I've had a 50-50 success rate with actually learning anything from them. And getting value for money. And I think that's really, really important. And then the other day, I came across a rate uh, blog post from a graphic designer. She was talking about online learning in general. It's entitled, you want to pay for an online course, read this first. And it made for a very good read. And one of the points she made, the dawn of quality online courses is gone. We're approaching the midday when the market for online courses will be littered with them quality or not. And I can tell you more and more low quality courses are currently being launched, which means there are many more yet to come. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. When In my promotions tab on Google, if I ever go and look at that, every other email is for yet another course. And she goes on to say that, yes, you know, you can find all the information you want online if you're willing to sift through hundreds of blog posts and YouTube videos. But occasionally you want to have your chunk of information all in one and find a source that has everything you you want in one spot. And then she goes on to talk about Udemy. And I don't know if you've come across Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. It's like a library of online courses. And I got sucked in to the to the way that Udemy sells its courses. And and I continually get sucked into it. But I think I think I finally understand it now. After reading this blog post, I, I really realized that if you've ever been to Udemy, their courses all range in the sort of $299 to $499, maybe even more expensive. They're, they're on such a massive range of topics. Um, you can spend you know, hours just sifting through all the different courses that are available. But every so often, Udemy has a sale, and they actually have sales. I say every so often, they have sales very regularly. And, and they're, they're massive sales, they're like 90 or 95% off. And that's when I go in and perhaps buy five or six courses at $10 each. And that's exactly what they're worth. Ha- having said that, there's one or two Udemy courses that I've done that were really, really good. And I would have paid the $200 or so for them. But the majority, you know, come on, guys, you've you've been out, you've read a book and you've now written a course because you've done the Udemy course on how to write the course. Yeah, I guess there's there's money in volume. So that's what they're doing. They're just selling massive volumes at 10 or 12 dollars each 
and these people are managing to make a little bit of money. It made me think about vacation rental. I saw the other day that, um, and I've seen this, I say I saw the other day, I've seen this over the course of the last year or so, the amount of courses on being an Airbnb host. And it seems like all you have to do is to rent out your place on Airbnb for a couple of months, and then you can write a course about how you became a host and what you have to do and put some links into all the Airbnb peripherals and you can charge $200 for it. And I find that quite fascinating because I bet there's a ton of people signing up for these things. And, and every one of them says, this is how I made $150,000 on Airbnb. I mean, come on. I don't know where those numbers come from, but I, I'm, I'm guessing people may believe them. They may be buying those courses. But I just want to pitch in with with my views on online learning. Let's start from scratch about, you know, how do we learn in the first place? We can learn from books. We can learn from practical demonstration. We want to see it and do it. We learn from audio and we learn from video. So if I'm looking for a course, I want a course that combines all the different learning elements because we all learn differently. Some of us do learn just by hearing. Some of us do learn just by watching a video. But in general, we, we come from a variety of different learning styles. So a course should be delivering in different media. The second thing is experience. Are these people experienced in the industry or are they just regurgitating something they've learned from a couple of blog posts or another course? And I'm thinking that the latter is, is mostly what, what they're bringing to the table. If you're looking at any online course, whether it's in vacation rental or anything else, Number one, dig into their history, read their blog posts, check out their social media reach. You know, are they respected leaders in the field or are they just some wannabes out to make money and they're making the money out of you? If you're going to be learning, you need to be learning from a teacher, somebody who, who knows how to train, not some 21-year-old who's been renting out his apartment on Airbnb for the last four months. Decided that he can share that information with you, all that incredible experience he's got for a price. And the other thing you want to look for is whether they're industry specific. There's dozens of courses on face on how to run Facebook ad campaign, how to make money off Instagram. Still haven't figured that one out. But if they don't have specific examples related to the business. How can you really put them into practice? The, the only exception I've actually come across in, in the social media sphere is Alan Egan's um, Google Plus course. Because Alan is, is an, number one, an expert in Google Plus, And he's applied it to vacation rent. If you want to know about how to use Google Plus with relevance to your vacation rental, then that is one course I would absolutely thoroughly recommend. And the same, same goes for his WordPress course. You can go out and take a dozen courses on how to use WordPress. But when it comes back to applying that to your vacation rental, it's very, very difficult unless it's industry specific, unless it's really relevant to you. Somebody's out there teaching WordPress. They don't know anything about how to put an availability chart in or a rates chart 
or how to how to link out to listing sites and show you how to put a gallery of photographs in. But it's so specific. You know, you want something that is really industry specific. Once again, Alan's WordPress course is one that I've done and fully endorse. And that's the other thing. You need to find courses that other people have endorsed, that they've been there, they've done that, and they've actually got some value out of it. And you really want to go and talk to those people too, not just read their testimonials on a website. You want to make sure there's a money back guarantee. Not every course is going to be suitable for you. The courses I've done, and I've done a lot over the years, I will not buy a course unless there's a money-back guarantee. It's a sort of little bit of a safety net. I can get in there. If, if I really feel it's not of value to me, I will ask for my money back. And I don't want a question to be asked about it. Um, the course should also be on the creator's website. They should have their own website, not send you off to somewhere like uh, Udemy or lynda.com because you want to be able to contact them directly on their site and actually get some peripheral information off the website. So that, that's something that I always look for now. You know, do they have their own website? Um, it, that, that also shows that they have authority. Finally, I am very distrustful of any course or any site or any course creator where they haven't been giving away a lot of free information before. This is how people, this is how real experts create their authority. Asking for money is the very last thing an expert does. They've already created massive authority by delivering huge amounts of free information. And at some point, and you know, I have to say, this, this is where I am at the moment. At some point you say, I actually need to make some income from what I'm sharing with people. I'm going to be sharing 10% of my information on a paid basis. But still, there's 90% of the information you can get for free if you want to go sift through it all. Another thing that um, Eve said in her blog post that I referenced earlier on, she said high quality rarely gets discounted. You won't find the top quality courses on Udemy or being sold for $14.95 in a Black Friday sale. And uh, as I mentioned, I've bought those. So I guess a little bit of, um, of a rant, but not so much. It's, it's more sharing where I've come from in terms of the courses that I've bought and used and learned from. And hopefully that little bit of sharing will, will help you out. If, if you are taken in by any Boxing Day Udemy sales, I will actually post a couple of the Udemy courses I've bought that uh, I'll post, post details of those in the show notes. A couple of the Udemy courses that I've bought that I figure are actually quite useful, ones I've got some, um, some great information from. So finally, just wanted to quick, give you a quick word about the blabs that we're going to be starting in the new year. So we did um, our earlier blab, and I'll put a link to that on in the show notes. You can go and check it out. But from the first week of January onwards, we're going to be starting a weekly blab. So each week we're going to have um, a guest, and you'll be able to come along and ask that guest any question you want. And and if you want to to join us and take a seat in the blab. Um, which means you get to be seen online um, and and your voice gets to be heard as well. Otherwise, you can just join in the comments. I'll put a link to blab.im 
in the show notes. You can go check it out. I, I think Blabs are just fantastic for, for having online networking chats and, and just sharing a ton of information. I would love to see you come and join us in the New Year Blabs. So um, watch this space. We'll be letting you know a little bit more. You should get a Twitter account first, though, because all Blabs get uh, promoted out on Twitter. Blab is a part of Twitter. And uh, so having that Twitter account does make it a lot easier to, uh, to uh, get the information on an upcoming Blab. So you've probably heard more than enough from me today. And you're going to hear more, actually, because in the next two weeks, it's, um, it's Mike and I, we're going to be sharing some of the things that, uh, that we learned from this past year of vacation rentals. Mike from um, Seabreeze and myself from my own two properties. Um, I've, got some, I've got some really good news to share, but I can't do that for a, a week or so yet. And we'll be, we'll be sharing some information on this new resource we're going to be bringing you in the new year. So until then, I'd like to thank you so much for your company uh, on this podcast. And I'll look forward to being with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.